Hello, sisters. We are going to start looking at Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 30. This will be a four-part series, and today we'll be looking at verses 12 and 13. Work out our salvation with fear and trembling. What does this mean? Does this mean you can lose your salvation? Does this mean that you have to work at staying saved? We're going to dive into that today on this episode. family. Welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives. Are you ready to dive deeper into your walk with Christ? Do you desire to learn His Word with a greater understanding that applies to your daily living? Do you feel like you're in a vicious cycle of victory and defeat? My name is Amy, and friend, I was so frustrated with my faith walk for decades. No matter what I did, I could not escape the symptoms that trauma from my childhood left me with. Not only that, I didn't seem to experience any victory that I read about in the Word of God. And even worse, I couldn't see it or experience it in my church life either. It all left me feeling even more confused and more empty. I knew Christ was the way and the truth and the life, and I knew His Word was the answer. So finally one day, I got fed up with living in defeat. And I became determined to find the Jesus of Scripture. I discovered true faith in Christ and had to unlearn much of what I had been taught. With God's Word and His Spirit, I have been free from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and suicidal thoughts for almost 15 years. And I have learned a tool set to overcome my past trauma and losses. God's Word has transformed my life. If you are ready for truth and transformation, then hop into the slow cooker with me and let's marinate together in God's Word. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another? They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning His Word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Hello, here we are again doing, I hope that you guys have enjoyed the series this far. I know I have really enjoyed it. Um, I definitely love this book so much. We left off last time at verse 11 where Paul was kind of finishing a thought that, you know, every knee is going to bow to Jesus, every um, knee on heaven and in earth and under the earth, everyone is going to bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and savior of the world. Every tongue is going to confess this and it's going to be to the glory of God. We go into this other thought or again, we, the, one thing that we have dealing with this church right now, they're they they're heavily persecuted. They do not have a lot of money. They're they're um, kind of a poor church, and we have some you know unity issues. We got some uh, women that are kind of squabbling, and um, and Paul knows the seriousness that when division comes in to a ministry, it can destroy a ministry, and so he's. Um, continuing this thought here. So keep that, you know, kind of in the back of our mind, the things that we've been discussing. He first points to Jesus as he's talking about this, reminds us of who 
Jesus is, that God came down and put on a human tent and humbled himself and became a servant to all. And how much greater should that be a motivation for us to lay our lives down for one another and to not allow disunity and um, selfishness to come in to uh, our, our church family, our ministry family, but also just in your home lives and your workplace. I mean, we can really look at that and say, man, look what Christ has done. How much more, you know, I need to be, you know, he had the right to be served. He had the right to be upset. He had the right, he was God and he was dealing with, you know, um, sinful men and women like you and me. And yet he came and served us. And so how much more should we uh, want to serve one another and serve as he served and become those bond slaves? Now, Paul is going into kind of a, the next section here where he, he says, so I'm just going to read verse 11, where it says, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father, verse 12, therefore, my beloved he loves Philippian, the Philippian church so much. And we've seen that in chapter one, we talked about that, just his love for this church, um, the way that it was birthed out through the Jewish women that were outside the city praying, the jailer that had got saved while he was in jail, while he was here in Philippi. And, and they just became a really close connected family. And um, and then they've, they have given out of their lack to provide for Paul while he was in pr prison. They, they, they love him so much. And, and they showed that by the way that they gave sacrificially for him and for the ministry and to get the gospel continue to be spread. Um, and so he says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in, as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, you know, he's in, in, admonishing them they saying man you know you ever hear that saying like when the uh cats away the mice will play kind of deal or you know when mom and dad aren't looking we can get away with some things well he's saying you didn't do that yet you know you were obedient to me or you submitted to my authority um in, in the teachings that i had given you and when i was around but man from what i hear you guys are obeying even when there's you know, the apostles not there because you genuinely love Jesus and you're, you're obedient to him and you're obedient to his word. And, and that should be what is said of us that we're not one way when the pastor's around or someone that we admire in the faith, when they're around, we act a certain way, but then when no one, we think no one's looking, you know, now we can take off our mask and, um, you know, do whatever we want or act however we want. And cause that that's playing the hypocrite. And so, we want to be the same people that we are, you know, for that two hours on a Sunday, we want to be that person every day of the week, you know, because your children are watching, your workplace is watching, your, your spouse is watching, your neighbors are watching. And most importantly, God, his eye is upon you, right? Of course. But also we don't want to do it just because someone's watching because we have a transformed life in Jesus Christ. And he has put his spirit in us and we have become new creations. And so we, we should want to be holy and want to walk as he walked and want to love people and, and have that joy and that peace that's been afforded to us. Not just because somebody's watching, 
You know, that is important because we, we are the hands and feet of Jesus while we're here. We are his representation. You know, we do carry around the ministry of reconciliation and we are written epistles. You know, people, we are like the Bible. We, the people read us that how we act and how we, the things we say and are, you know, they're, they're, they're going to get an idea of who Jesus is and what it means to follow him based on how we are, who we, how we act, our character, our integrity, um, how we speak to people, the love that comes out of us, the patience that comes out of us. You know, th this is kind of, if they don't know God and we're the only um, representation of God to an outside world looking in, what are we showing them? You know, I've said this before um, in other teachings, if the only thing that your kids or your spouse or your neighbor or your coworkers or whoever, you know, you're inf influencing, if we were to ask them, give me a synopsis of who Jesus is based solely on how so-and-so lives their life, how you see them in the workplace, how you see them in the home, how you see them, you know, whatever. Again, we're not perfect. So, you know, we're not going to give a perfect representation of him because we're not perfect, but they should be able to spout out many of God's attributes. Wow. She is really loving. She's very loving. Um, she has great patience. I don't, I see her just being very patient with people that can be hard to deal with. She's always got joy, even when things are just kind of falling apart or you know, she just has this joy and this inner peace. You know, she, uh, she's, she's always uh, truthful. She doesn't steal time. She doesn't steal pencils. She doesn't, you know, she always wants to make sure to have an honest um, reputation and, and good integrity uh, and then, you know, she does mess up sometimes, but she always says she's sorry. She'll come back and be like, wow, I, I didn't represent Jesus real well when I, you know, did that or I said that. And please forgive me. That's that was a bad represent, representation of my Lord. And, you know, I'm still working this stuff out. So so th those are things they we want to, you know, they you know, they walk in holiness, walk in righteousness. And um, but the main thing is they're so loving, you know, they're so kind and so compassionate and. So, yeah, so that's, you know, we want to have that, that um, identity of Jesus, right? That's just some food for thought. As we go into this next sentence that he says here, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And this verse has been taken out of context. It has been taught about you can lose your salvation because of it. That's not the argument here today, but that is not what this verse is speaking of the salvation here is talking about the complexities of the things that we go through in our daily walk of sanctification. That That's really what, what this is, what this is talking about. You know, when Paul talked about uh, salvation in Philippians one, he was talking about deliverance, deliverance from the prison, the place in which he had found himself salvation. It, and there are, different contexts. And that's why it's so important that when we're reading the word, that when we're reading it, we're reading it in context. Paul is not talking about being born again here. He's not talking about our salvation experience or becoming saved. He's talking about we're already saved, but we need to work out this salvation that has come to us in fear and trembling. We need to work out our walk with God, work out uh, the, the fact that we are to separate ourselves unto holiness and that takes discipline that takes, uh, making choices every day in your, in your walk 
in your, your Christian journey, the Lord has left us this beautiful word and we are to walk out as he has commanded us to walk it out. And so as he's saying, work out your own salvation, you know, work out your own sanctification in fear and trembling, that fear and trembling is not fear of judgment day, because that's already been taken care of from our, our sin. Our sin debt was paid in full in Colossians, right? Your, the letter of the law that was against you and against me, the whole law, the whole letter, all of our debt, all of the sin that we have committed, past, present, and future, was nailed to the cross. Jesus isn't still on the cross taking our sin, taking having it nailed to him every time we mess up. It's a one and done. It is finished. So your salvation has been taken care of. If you have repented and put your faith in Jesus Christ and you believe, truly believe that he is um, who God said he was, who he says he was, that he, Jesus is God, the Savior, the Messiah, the one that was prophesied about all through the Old Testament. And he died on that cross for you and he rose again three days later and, and took your sins. Then he is faithful to forgive you and you are forgiven. I mean, work that out, always, you know, take the test, make sure you're living that life that, you know, that you have had that transformed work in Jesus Christ, that um, there's evidence of your salvation, because there will be evidence you will bear good fruit if you're truly born again. But in this context, he's saying, you know, when you have things like they're having this disunity, you need to work that out because God says we are not to have disunity. We're to love one another. We're to think of others greater than ourselves, lay our lives down for one another. We just talked about that in Philippians one. So if this is how we're supposed to be, and then we're supposed to pattern our lives after Christ and be bond servants, bond slaves of Jesus Christ and to, and to serve and to give back and to uh, lay our own lives down for one another, that's working out your salvation. We have to get up and say, you know what, I'm going to work out my salvation today and be determined to read my Bible, to see what God has to say to me today and study that out and learn and be a good Berean. It says I'm going to be a good Berean. I'm to rightly divide the word of God. I'm, I'm to um, take everything back to the scriptures, you know, to make sure that, you know, what people are teaching me is truth and we're to do these things. There are disciplines within our Christian walk and reading the word is one of those disciplines. Obviously prayer is a discipline that we, that we enact in our lives, worship, um, making sure we don't forsake the fellowship with other believers, making sure we're, we are committed and submitted. Listen, committed and submitted. That's an evidence that you're saved, that you have committed yourself to a body of believers and you are submitted to that body of believers and you are together serving Christ as one body, him being the head. That is an evidence that you are truly born again, is that you're able to commit and you're able to submit. Because God puts that in us. God puts it. I know we live in a rebellious nation. We live in a rebellious society where we all just think we're right in our own eyes and we can do it any way we want to do it. And that's how it is. But the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that we are, that there is submission. I submit to my husband and his beautiful, uh, godly leadership. Um, I submit to my brothers and sisters because it says to submit to one another um, in the fear of the Lord. Submit to one another in the fear of the Lord, that same fear that he's talking about here, because God has asked me to. Jesus submitted himself, his will to the Father. Jesus isn't asking us to do anything that he himself did not do. Jesus is, was, is submitted to the Father, and he has asked us to submit to our elders, 
the ones that God has chosen that meet the requirements of first Timothy chapter three, not just people who call themselves elders or give themselves titles, but true elders of the faith. And, and, and we know who they are because they meet the requirements of first Timothy chapter three, all the requirements, not just one or two, they meet all of them and they walk in that humility and that meekness and, and that love for God. And they, they serve their servers and they're laying their lives down for the body. And they're teaching and pouring the word into us and they're um, loving us and they're, they're, they really care about our souls. They really care about our, our lives. We submit to that. We submit to um, these things. And so we're to submit to the government as long as it's not causing us to sin or to go against God. Obviously he's first, but there's a submission there. And so and this is what he's talking about. These are things we have to wake up every day. And we have to make a conscious decision to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. I have to make a conscious decision that I'm going to walk in holiness. I'm going to walk in righteousness. I'm going to be separated from the world. I'm not going to look like the world. I'm not going to look like the world. I'm not going to participate in the things that the world participates. I have to make a conscious decision of these things that I'm going to study the word of God for myself so that I can be a good workman approved by God for studying um, the word and knowing it. So I'm not easily deceived by all the deception that's out there. And these, these take great disciplines. There is a part of my salvation that I, that I am working out. And that's what Paul's saying here. And I do this in fear and trembling. I do this because I love Jesus, because I know that he is the God of the universe, that he is my creator. And I will stand before him someday accountable for the time, the talent, the gift he gave me and the treasure and the money in which he gave me. And I'm going to stand before him and have to give an account of what I did with this beautiful gift of salvation in which he handed me. And to whom much is given, much is expected. I have been given a Bible, multiple, many. I've been given the freedom to read this Bible. I've been given amazing commentaries that have been written by elders of our faith that have gone before me. I've been given brothers and sisters that are walking in Christ with me. I have been given some of the greatest blessings of being a Christian besides my salvation and the Holy Spirit being given to me, but these other beautiful Bible that I can read and, and, and just take in anytime I want wonderful worship music and hymns and, and that I can just worship him. I have, I, I can go to the throne room every day, day and night. There's nothing hindering my prayers, being able to go to the throne room of grace and make my petitions known. God has taken care of everything. I do have to get up and you need to get up every day and make conscious decisions to work out our salvation with fear and trembling in the all of God and the reverential fear of God. I, I reverence you. I understand that you are God of the universe, that you created all things and you are sovereign and I worship you for who you are. And you could, I understand you could take me out today if you so choose. I understand that my life is in the palm of your hands. I understand that you are, are, are have given me explicit commandments to love you with all my heart, soul, and strength, to love my neighbor as myself. And Jesus says, those who love me will obey me. And so I know that I have these expectations, you know, that I'm to come out from the world and be separate. I'm to walk just as Jesus walked. Do you know, it says that walk just as Jesus walked, walk just as he walked. That's a high bar 
that I cannot fulfill, but I do try. I'm trying. I desire to, but this, the sin that still dwells in me, Romans 7, boy, we still battle it out. That is so important to understand that there is, you have that part. In the next verse here, verse 13, it says, for it is God who works in you both to the will and to do for his good pleasure. So then we see how God is also a part of this working out our salvation. He has given us his Holy Spirit who comforts us, who teaches us, who convicts us, leading us and guiding us. God has given us everything for his will to be done. He gave us a new nature. He gave us new desires. He gave us these gifts and these talents. He's given us the money that we have, the resources we have, our home, our cars, everything is so that we can do his will. We can spread the gospel. We can love one another. We can help our brothers and sisters in need. He, everything that has been given to us is for him and by him. And it's about him. And it's so that we can bring him good pleasure. It pleases him to see his children walking in obedience to him. It's, it pleases him to see his children reading and studying his word and then applying it to their lives. Not to just be hearers of the word, but to be actual doers of the word. It's not, it doesn't just please God for us to be able to recite a bunch of scripture, for us to be able to recite the Bible. If we're not living it, if we're not actively living it out, it brings him no, that we're, that's not going to, that doesn't bring him good pleasure. We know that knowledge puffs up. So knowledge, the knowledge that we get must be put into practice. It must be become an active faith. Our faith is active. It's not a noun. It's a verb. We are actively working out our salvation with fear and trouble. We are actively walking in faithfulness. We are actively walking in love. I can say I love you all day long, but if I have no action to back that up, then the love is it does no good. It's not real love. When we are actively working on our salvation with fear and trouble, we are actively working with the Holy Spirit to walk out this sanctification process, this, this work of holiness, this work of becoming perfected in Jesus Christ, this work of maturing in Jesus, to coming off the milk and into the meat, from being just hearers of the word, actual doers of the word, laying our lives down for one another laying our lives down for the gospel of Jesus Christ, thinking of others greater than ourselves, becoming that true bond slave, a bond servant of Jesus, saying, you're not just my savior, but you're also my Lord. You're my master. And so when we really put that, put, reconcile our minds with the truth of the word of God and what is required of us after our salvation, good works will follow those who are saved. It also says we are created for good works from the foundation of the earth. We were chosen for it. And so we, there's there's this active participation in our sanctification walk. And it brings, it's all for the glory of for Jesus Christ. It's all to bring him good pleasure. And so we need to get our minds off ourselves and get our minds on Christ and him crucified. And what he has said brings him good pleasure. Amen. Amen. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it 
with a friend of yours, one more small little favor if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.